0: look at that Bible reading now. Father, thank you so much for your words. Thank you uh, for the words of Jesus in our reading, and we pray that you'd press them deeper into our hearts as we uh, look at them together. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. The Lord Jesus Christ said, the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbour as yourself. That's how we are to worship the Lord our God. And what strikes me as particularly challenging about those verses is the word all. All. But that is what our Lord deserves. Jesus is risen. And so my first, well, the first point, I think, in our Bible passage is that all our worship is due to, to jesus all our worship is due to jesus verse 16 and 17 the 11 disciples went to galilee and where jesus had told them to go to the mountain and verse 17 when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted we're to love him with all our heart soul mind and strength every part of our lives belong to the lord jesus and i need to ask myself well how is that going How is that going? It's a good question to ask coming to these verses that are so exciting, so powerful, so immense. And within them we have our purpose and reason for life. This is our only hope here in these verses. Remember the first 15 verses of chapter 28 last week? There was a lot of fear, wasn't there? But that fear was blown apart by those three words, Jesus is risen along with the scheming lives of the fearful religious elite again blown away and now as he promised he would jesus meets his closest friends on the hill in galilee and what do they do verse 17 they worship of course they worship him Jesus is the one who claimed to be the Christ, God's saving King, who promised forgiveness of sins, new life to those who trust in him, who come to him in repentance and faith. But he has risen from the dead. All he did and said was made true. He's defeated death. And as we saw last week, because of all of this, heaven cries out in worship. Do you remember? Worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. He is the God who's given us everything, including his own son. He's given it all and beckons us in return to give all of ourselves to him. And this is what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is someone who worships the risen Jesus. A Christian is someone whose heart is one, is captivated by him, by the Lord Jesus. And for Christians, perhaps we've been Christian for some time, this is our first love, isn't it? This is our first love. The busyness of life, even the busyness of church life, can dim our affections. And when that happens, we need to return to our first love. Before anything else, our worship is due to Jesus. Our worship is due to Jesus. But verse 17, we read also that some doubted. And the word here means they were hesitant. Well, there's been a lot to take in over the last few days, haven't there? For some, they had not anticipated the resurrection. They're still working it all out. But how do I respond? Maybe that's you. They don't quite know how to respond, some of them. Maybe that's you. Well, do talk it through with a Christian friend, maybe one of us here. Perhaps come along to our next Christianity Explore course that we hope to run soon. But the right response to the news of Jesus has risen is worship. Whoever we are, this is our starting point to any service that we do we first start with jesus and come before him with great joy and thanksgiving so church life is about staying on our knees we are a worshiping community that's what we are so all worship is due to jesus and then jesus reminds him of the reason for that worship secondly all authority has been given to jesus Verse 18, Jesus came to him and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And it's that hymn, isn't it, from Revelation 5 again. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, might, honour, glory and blessing. Of course Jesus always had God's authority. And we see that in the New Testament accounts, don't we? But now he's died and risen, God has vindicated his glorious death and resurrection by enlarging the spheres where his authority is exercised. He becomes the one through whom all God's authority is mediated. And that was our creed earlier as we stood up to say Philippians 2 together. God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the one to whom we submit, and that is glorious. Increasingly, as humans in our pride, we don't like to submit to others. But in reality, we do, don't we? We submit to all sorts of authority, whether it's government, whether it's a work boss, someone at work, Uh, maybe submitting to our friends' opinions, or even submitting to our own convictions. But here is an authority that we should love to be submitting to. Excited to do it. Jesus died for you. He is risen, and he is ruling, and he deserves our worship. And we would want to submit to such a beautiful and wonderful saviour. And that brings us to our next point. For how our Lord Jesus commands his disciples and every disciple, as we've been hearing, that comes after him to go and declare his lordship. But as we do, it's so encouraging to know that every square inch of this universe is under Jesus' authority. So when we go, when someone goes to wherever it is to proclaim Jesus as Lord, they know that he is there and he is with them. He is all powerful, and that's a wonderful thing. And that's something that the early disciples experienced so vividly. In Acts chapter 4, do you remember? Peter and John were arrested for proclaiming Jesus is risen. And they're told, in no uncertain terms, do not carry on teaching about Jesus. And on their release, they got down on their knees and they spoke to the Lord about it and said, All things are under your control, Lord. Do you remember? All things belong to him, including your enemies. Therefore, enable us as your servants to go and tell with all boldness. So a beautiful prayer. And in the same way, when we find his work difficult, we know he's there, he's, he's in charge of it. In fact, perhaps when we find obedience difficult... When it's hard to give up certain sins, certain behavior, remember who is the boss. Well, we need to remember where the true authority lies. It belongs to Jesus. So when he says to do it, we stop listening to our friends, to our own convictions when they're against him. And we turn and submit to our loving Lord of all. He has died for us, and he has risen. So, eventually, I've got to that third point. All worship is due to Jesus. All, na- uh, all authority has been given to Jesus. And thirdly, all nations must be discipled, or at least we go to all nations to make disciples. Verse 19 and 20. And this is the heart of our lesson today, the lesson from the Lord. Therefore, verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them. So we have the Trinity there. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And that's the principal command here. This is the imperative of the church. The chief purpose of our church, of us as Christians, is to make disciples. This must be at the heart of St. Paul's life. Our mission statement must encapsulate that. To disciple means to bring a person into the relation of a pupil to a teacher, authoritatively instructing them in Christ. It means accepting instruction as true because Jesus says it and submitting to it because Jesus commands us to he is Lord earlier in Matthew 12 Jesus says that doing his will being a disciple is what it means to be a member of his family and his will is that making disciples must happen in all nations in all nations without distinction which means that the disciples can't do it all can they they can't get to every people group in the world no, they pass it on to the next people, and in turn, there to make disciples, and so it goes on. This pattern of reproduction and that domino effect that Jeanette so helpfully showed us a little bit earlier. So you see, Jesus has completed his earthly ministry. He's ascending to his Father in heaven, uh, to his right hand, and he's passing the baton on to his people, to his friends, to his disciples. And they pass it on and pass it on. It's an amazing privilege to do so. And it's interesting, isn't it? At the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' first words of ministry were, repent and believe for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then at the end of his ministry, his last words are, go and do the same. Go and tell people to repent and believe the kingdom of heaven is near. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, than you are to make disciples of Jesus. We're not to rely on the visiting speaker, uh, the visiting missionary, or our missionaries abroad. Not to rely on the vicar, the grow group leader. We all have our part to play in telling the story of the Lord Jesus. And people want to hear it from you actually, and not necessarily from a third party that they don't know. It's so much more compelling coming from someone they do know and love. How Jesus has changed you and how he's changing you and what he has in store for you. But also within the church family, we all have a part to play in discipling each other, helping each other to grow in the Lord Jesus. And that's fleshed out this meaning of discipleship in verse 20 and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you. When we become Christians, we are to be baptized, it says, that's, that's uh, inferred and, um, and stated. And then we teach to obey. We're not seeking to increase someone's knowledge of Jesus for the sake of it. We're teaching people to obey the Lord Jesus, seeking to bring people into a deeper relationship with Him and to see that they would see more of Jesus and be encouraged to submit, to Jesus more and more in their lives. And wonderfully, it's not about being clever with our words. Uh, it's not about um, being teaching them our opinions, but simply pointing people to the words of Jesus and encouraging them as we lurk in the Bible together. And remember, there are no limits to this discipleship. God's loving reach goes to all people's Whoever they are, there's no distinction. Verse 19, all nations, everyone is invited. The banquet table is ready. There is no distinction, which, as we saw from our first reading from Isaiah 66, has always been God's plan, that the ends of the earth would see the glory of God, the good news would reach it. And that's always been his plan, that the people of God would be a vehicle for his mission. Starting with Abraham, it was promised that the, the nations would be blessed through him. And the remnant in Isaiah 66 were the people who are going to go out and do this to tell the world about him, about God's glory. So that's you and me, the church, as we go out today. What a privilege, what an extraordinary, wonderful privilege it is. but it's also challenging isn't it it's a challenge to our priorities what our aims are in life our lives are a myriad of decision making daily but we need to ask that question don't we what is behind our decisions all those things what is around them what's underneath them should it not be the wonderful reality that jesus is risen that one day he will return to make everything new and take his people home? Isn't it true that many will be left behind, people that we know and love? And is it not true that there are Christians in our orbit who need to be encouraged today, who need to know more about the Lord Jesus, who are not fully perhaps experiencing what it means to be at peace, to know the joy of his life at work in us, They are still like those disciples on the hill, hesitant. There are people around us that need our support. And Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. Go and make disciples. Where could you go as a Christian? Acts chapter 1, of course, reminds us that we go to where we already are already are going um in acts one jesus says to his disciples go to jerusalem to samaria to judea and to the end of the earth they started in jerusalem and we had that sermon in uh, acts two don't we when peter declared it and those three thousand people became christians it started in jerusalem where they were at and it starts where you're at so at the school gates or at work um in the office in the neighborhood in your street in your neighbors in your family home we go to where we're already going to declare the goodness of the Lord. And also we go to our church in that role of making disciples, in our responsibility of encouraging each other to grow in our relationship with the Lord, building them up from the top to the bottom, as it were. From We all need to hear that encouraging word, that truth to teach us and to grow us. Perhaps this might mean meeting up with another Christian to read the Bible and pray together. Perhaps you need to get into a grow group if you're not already. Perhaps you're someone who might appreciate meeting up with someone else. You're really struggling. You are hesitant. and You, need that. you know you need that extra boost. Well, do come and talk to us if that's you. But if you are in a grow group, do start there. But someone would love to come and read the Bible and pray with you. A number of us can do that. If so, get in touch with us. Indeed, you might feel that you want to help nurture a younger Christian. Um, Again, look around and see who might that be. Or come and talk to one of us. Verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations. And that might mean you've been challenged to go literally somewhere else to make disciples wasn't it great to hear from jackie north recently about her time in cape town and recently the work of union and mike reeves raising up leaders who ascend into different parts of the world to grow churches that jesus would be proclaimed luke foster taking on that church plant in chile ruth mckee in arakeep in peru reading the bible with those uh, parents of children that she's ministering to Alex and Anna who've gone to Bristol to train, to serve in the church. The clerks in Portugal bringing people, uh, the gospel, uh, to the students particularly, where there's a real drought of gospel ministry. It might be that the Jesus is sending you somewhere else. And maybe you need to go and talk to someone about that, one of the leadership here, or perhaps our visiting missionary, perhaps. We've got Tom Linson's coming in July chat to Michael Vicky. Maybe a starting point is to get involved more with our mission partners here at St. Paul's. Uh, Find out what's going on, how you could be praying for them more and more. Um, Get involved with the World Church Group. We're recruiting at the moment for new membership. Um, It's great to be involved in, in who we're serving and how we can best serve the missionaries that we're linked with. But I need to finish with a final and crucial truth. Perhaps we're feeling intimidated by all this talk of serving, of discipling. You're daunted by the command to go and tell the nations or tell your neighborhood about Jesus. Well, wonderfully we learn here that Jesus doesn't simply leave his disciples to it. Uh, Indeed, we learn this all over the gospels. Verse 21. I am with you, verse 20, sorry, I am with you to the very end of the age. So all worship is due to Jesus, all authority belongs to him, all nations are to be made disciples, but the risen Jesus is with you always. And that's how the Matthew's Gospel started. Uh, The angel appeared to Mary and Joseph, telling them about the child, and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And that continues. We we learn it again and again in the scriptures. But God is with us. He will never leave us. As we read the gospel is going out in the book of Acts. We see that, don't we? The risen Jesus standing behind his friends, empowering them with his Holy Spirit, directing the mission plan from the right hand of his Father through the Holy Spirit. And we've been saying that and singing it already today. Jesus is Lord. God sends his Holy Spirit that by acts of power. Um, Our prayer at the start of the service, thanks by the power of his Holy Spirit, we may give ourselves to the service of God. Jesus is directing operations. He is never leaving us or forsaking us. Uh, The Holy Spirit in John 14 was called another counselor, parakletos, the para called alongside, Kletos call, called alongside us to walk with us, all our days. We are not alone. He is enabling us to be the people that he wants us to be. You are weak. You are weak. And I am weak. We describe somewhere in the Bible as empty jars, clay jars, or in our terminology, plastic bags. But he has filled us with treasure and sent us to go and share it others what a privilege that is what a privilege being sent going with this task because jesus is risen and he's with us all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him he passes you the baton to go he passes us as a church we're not doing this on our own either individually we're as a church being sent we are here god's vehicle god's outpost god's mission we do it together and he walks with us he equips us and he sends us and we work and we serve until we see him face to face on that final day and like on that day like those disciples on the hill we lie before him prostrate praising his holy name worshiping him with great joy Let me pray. Let me pray. Some words from Revelation 7. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation! belongs to our God. Loving Father, we pray that you would fill us with this vision of heaven where all nations gather in worship of you. And Father, may we gladly go as you direct us. Go and tell. Go and make disciples. As individuals, Lord, yes. But as a church here in Banbury, Lord, send us that we may tell others that Jesus is risen. And we ask it in his glorious name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.